I was going to say, there's bacon in the in Scott Pilgrim, too, when he's at his apartment with Karen Colgan. Oh, yeah, four, the four pieces of bacon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, I'm going to stop recording. Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are a lady killer wannabe jerky jerk and an ovo-lacto vegetarian, Martin and Brady. David danced before the Lord with all his might, leaping and dancing before the Lord. Leaping and dancing. Yes, I have a fantasy that I have two capable sons. Not one with his head up in the clouds, and the other with his head up his ass. When I'm around you, I kind of feel like I'm on drugs. Not that I do drugs. Unless you do drugs, in which case I do them all the time. All of them. This week, we return to the titular Soundtrack September. Each of us chose a movie with a soundtrack that we have a great appreciation for. Spanning 26 years, we've covered multiple different movie genres and came out nodding our heads to the music that played in both the movie and from their soundtracks. From Kenny Loggins to Hathaway to Metric. Martin, it's uh, quite possibly your favorite episode of the year. Yeah, I mean, movies with good music. What's not to love? Yeah, I I mean, this does feel like your... Your genre. It's it's my it's my it's my wheelhouse. Yeah, yes, it's my definitely wheelhouse your, sure. your wheelhouse. <laughs> not that Mar- not that Jelani and I are are anti by any means, but I do think we have a very eclectic group of movies paired together um, for this pod. So I appreciate the everyone kind of coming at this from a different uh, yeah, decade, very, very different angles, <laughs> <laughs> and a different decade. Yeah, I thought I thought that was that was good too. So it was. Uh, um, but I feel like I feel like I may have picked one of the better soundtracks of all time. Um, I had this one as a kid too, um, so I, I it, it could just be that it, it I love the movie and I love the soundtrack, and, and that's why I think that. But I've also seen it on a couple of lists. I feel like you should have just um, bought the so, single, but you know, you do you. <laughs> <laughs> just the single, the single for uh, we're talking about Footloose, of, of course. <laughs> Uh, 1984. I just think like every. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I knew. I, you know, I mean, the stuff back from the 80s. I, you know, it, you could have told me it was anywhere in the 80s, and I would have believed you. Um, <laughs> I definitely didn't watch it like the year it came out, but um, it is definitely a staple of. I feel like our youth uh, at some point or another. Yeah. For 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 me for sure, and I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask. Did, what, did you guys agree? Did you watch it a bunch as a kid, or, I def- or was it just? I, me? I definitely watched it a bunch. I mean, probably not as much as you, just because of uh, your clear affinity for all things Footloose. But I uh, I definitely have seen it many many times. Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. I wouldn't say it was one of the staples in my house. Um, you know, we <laughs> we had a different uh, demographic of movie. <laughs> that typically <laughs> rotated through but um as i as i got older uh appreciation for the soundtrack uh, definitely grew um especially for uh kenny Loggins' man of the sound of the 80s i mean i mean totally right yeah that's <laughs> I, I feel like he's the king of soundtracks he has this one and then a few years later uh um top gun of course danger zone and um and then caddyshack 
just has yeah. the uh, the I'm all right. So it, it, I mean, between those three, that's he he was he definitely ruled the eighties. He did not with, do uh, vacation, with, with Johnny. <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh. He's not the singer of Holiday Road, but he could be. <laughs> but if you told enough people that, I think you'd get enough people to believe you as well. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely thought that as a kid. Um, but yeah, the other the other songs too. I just feel like every um, whenever a song pops up, it's not necessarily that it's they're all great songs, but I think they all really fit every scene really well. So like that yeah. dance dancing in the sheets uh, song is just perfect for that for when the preacher's daughter, you know, is trying to be provocative right i think it's hilarious too that everyone's like dancing uh dancing all over and they all hear it from this little boom box that's outside and you, like the girls in the bathroom all stop when uh when the reverend comes out and and pauses it uh and they're all looking at what's happening but uh i just i just found that funny but um but yeah i think every song is just really really kind of fits uh fits the moment like the the the, the chris penn Dan- learning to dance montage to let's hear it for the boy i mean here for the boy that was very good it's one of that's one of the better 80s montages of, of all time and his his dance moves don't really get very good but hey it's better than when he started they said he, he zero rhythm he legitimately could not dance as if that was hard to believe um but yeah like <laughs> unfortunately that's uh that played out on the big screen for everyone to see he he had literally no uh no moves you mentioned when uh, the preacher came out, John Lithgow, and yeah. uh, and he stops the music. Did you catch the end? Like when he presses stop on the tape, that it also somebody's Pac Man game dies. So you hear yeah, that, that we were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like right at the end. I was like, oh, Pac Man got you killed. Pac Man. Pac Man was originally supposed to be called Puck Man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you knew that. Uh, not because he looks like a hockey puck. um that's funny so yeah so re-watching this so i actually offered it up to my kids to watch um my daughters love music they love dance and i was like you guys might like this it's got a lot of dance to it a lot of like times to dance and and you showed them this one so i did okay the uh rather than the remake i showed them the original have you guys seen the remake uh, i have not i have not either it's got efron doesn't it i don't I don't really no, see a point. Not Efron. It has. It's um, got the girl from like the dance show. Yeah, as Juliana Hough. There you but go. Kenny Wormwood is the. Uh, Why do I think it had Efron? The main character, because I think he's a uh, Efron light. Like, oh, nice. Is he a <laughs> the bargain basement uh, Efron? No. What was your What was your other term for half baked? A half baked. Half baked. Half baked Efron. <laughs> so funny enough, Jen for some reason has gone back and rewatched all of the High School Musicals. <laughs> Like all the footlooses. <laughs> <laughs> so she got into. She's like, I'm gonna watch High School Musical. I'm like, Why would you do that? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I've never seen them. There had to be her something. And, her else and Kevin could Kent watch. could probably watch them all. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of things. But um, so I I offered it up to the to the family to watch, and um, this is pre Red Dawn, so pre PG thirteen rating. It had to be close. Didn't Red it? Dawn was eighty seven. Eighty seven. Okay. Yeah, so a PG thirteen movie or a PG movie back in the day, not not the same PG movies that you're used to today. Um, <laughs> oh, you're saying they get away? Yeah, they get away. They get away with a lot more. Wait, was Red Dawn yeah. the 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 line? I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, Red Dawn is the first one that got the PG thirteen rating. 
that like was warranted? What do they and, what do they do yeah. to do recall? I don't even know if I've seen uh, it on all the way through. I think I think it was just the the violence and the uh, you know the invasion of the Russians coming. I've never heard that. I did not know that Red Dawn was like a was a like a line of. Yeah, I don't think I I don't think I'd seen it all the way through either. But it was on like TV the other day, and I was watching some of it. I'm like, yeah, this is probably too late for me to watch it because <laughs> it's not that not that great of a movie. Like too old, Bale? I mean. For or am I thinking of a different? No, movie? that's Swayze. Swayze, okay. Swayze and uh, and what and what's her name from? Uh, Another movie I could have picked, Dirty Dancing. It's Jennifer Grey, I think her name is. That is, that is correct. Yeah. Yes, she... I think C. Thomas <laughs> Howell. September. Nice. Yep, you got it. <laughs> um, it's like a precursor to uh, Toy Soldiers, which is a, oh, a great movie. Yeah, it's been a minute for that. <laughs> Sean Astin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's also the remake to Red Dawn with uh, with Hemsworth. Also have not seen it. <laughs> uh, Lila Garrity, or not Lila, Tyra from... Um, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, so we watched it, and they they were in for most of it. Oh, I had to uh, explain Mac uh, a couple of scenes, like uh, when Ariel gets beat up by Chuck, and I was like, mm, "That's not cool, dude." Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. There was there was a couple, uh, and in, in another movie that we're going to talk about later, there was just a lot of violence against women in, in these movies apparently so not not very good and then we were trying to figure out initially and it didn't pop until later uh like where they went so we know that kevin bacon moves from chicago and yeah. we were trying to figure out like where did he i figured it was to? just down downstate illinois is what i thought well, it was originally i thought it was based on like a, a story from like oklahoma i think like the i the whole the story of kind of this happening in a town, I think, was based on Oklahoma. But, I, yeah, I, I guess I don't know if that's technically where the movie was supposed to be. Where's Beaumont in real life? So Beaumont is supposed to take place in Utah. So, like, the Mormon, no dancing? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the only reason I knew that was because I think at one point um, Chris Penn's motorcycle has a Utah plate. And I was like, ah, that makes sense. Like, there's mountains and there's, like, farmland and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, okay. But, All right, uh, we'll buy it. We'll buy it. I don't think they even cared. They're just throwing shit in there. The 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 prop motorcycle had a Utah plate. They're like, just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I picked up on, and I know this, Brady, get you, get your arms ready because. Uh, oh, God. Is this is this a, a weird allusion to The Little Mermaid? So, hear me out. I'm going to take you on a walk. All right, let's do it. The dad, the preacher, John Lithgow, is King Triton. It's okay, so he's the dad. <laughs> <laughs> His daughter is named Ariel. That's all it took for Jelani. <laughs> she wants to be a part of a world where there's dancing and all this, like, you know, freedom and whatever. And so, uh, instead of her going to join the world, they bring Prince Eric, who is Ren. To the world, oh, I thought you and, said. I thought you were going to say Ren is Sebastian or something. <laughs> no, Ren, Ren is Prince Eric, and they bring him into the world, and they bring all of the dancing. He's the one who brings the dancing to them, um, you know. And exactly like in Little Mermaid, like he tries to outlaw everything. He tries to outlaw all the stuff that's from the outside world. So he was the one who led the rebellion against dancing and music and all that stuff. So I don't know. It's a little bit of a stretch, but hey, man. You never, you never know. 
I think I think he could be. So the um, the writer of this uh, movie, Dean Pitchford, he's involved. He's he has writing credits for every song that's on the soundtrack as well, Ooh. which I find interesting. You think that's like a 1984 uh, so, thing? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like I don't know if that means uh, or that I think every song was basically like written for the with the movie in mind and maybe that's why i'm saying like it they all they all fit really well like that his dance montage when he's angry the never that never song i just think it's it whatever it's a cheesy song but it does fit the scene really well right um when he's doing his spins or whatever you know brady i was gonna i was gonna ask you if you recognized um remember we did uh what's that um andy sandberg movie that we did Eighty Sandberg movie, Hot Rod, yeah, yeah, Hot yeah. Rod, yeah, Hot Rod, yeah. They do it. They do a whole eighties. He does the whole yeah, the recreation woods. of that of that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I think we mentioned from, that. from this movie. I, I think honestly, his version's even better because it's such an amazing <laughs> call out montage out of nowhere. But anyway, sorry. Continue. No, and then I was just gonna say, and, and um, then holding out for a hero when they do the uh, um, tractor. The, the, the tractor uh, game of chicken, which is uh, also just a per- perfect song, I think, for for that scene. And uh, did Brady never never did any kind of a uh, tractor? Uh, no games of chicken. No, no tractor <laughs> in Iowa. No, no. Growing growing up in Iowa did not correlate to. Uh, that's very Utah, dude. <laughs> it's very Oklahoma. <laughs> um, that's really funny. But no, nothing, uh, nothing for me to uh, to claim any sort of farm assimilation. I had none. I thought it was interesting, not surprising, but interesting nonetheless. Because do you think is this one of the movies? If you think Kevin Bacon is this, obviously the the you know the aura of Kevin Bacon is pretty large, especially you know the yeah. six degrees. Is this one of the movies you think of first? Not necessarily known for, but I mean, like, it's kind of a staple of the Kevin Bacon experience. No. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> immortalized it as well with uh, uh, Chris Pratt's, you know, character talking about Kevin Bacon to you know to everyone else. He was obviously stuck in the '80s, but um, but yeah, <laughs> I think this is this is goes hand in hand with Bacon for sure. So the. It's not so much Quicksilver. Oh God, Quicksilver! Um, so, <laughs> as as it always is, it shouldn't have been Bacon. Oh, there was another two guys were uh, both slated to kind of have uh, essentially had the had the lead. Tom Cruise, but he uh, I, I could see it. But he was filming all the right moves instead. Oh, I thought was, I thought you were going to say taps. All the wrong moves. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then Rob Lowe. Yeah, I could see Cruz over Lowe. Lowe, addition, Lowe had it, and but he got hurt. He hurt his knee during all. I think during the dancing and everything. And he, I was gonna say during a he dance had scene. to. Uh, it could he couldn't take the role, so uh, Bacon got talked into, or they talked him into Bacon. And uh, but that's the thing. It's just it's funny how I always. That's why I always like this stuff because one, this movie did not not being in this did not hurt Cruz did not hurt Rob Lowe. Either of them, yeah. But it made Bacon. And, you know, like, yeah. obviously he had been in, like, Diner and other things like prior to this, but, like, who knows where Bacon goes. Like, But he was a massive hit after this, or at least I think, you know, as a result of this, this obviously all it all led to him still being 
a fixture of the movie world. Yeah. Bacon goes with everything, Brady. Bacon. <laughs> Everything's better with bacon. You know, I'm very I will be honest. I'm gonna I don't not I don't agree. I I, I know. It's <laughs> you don't love I, I too much bacon. I'm just in the middle of the road with bacon. I think bacon is fine and I think people make a huge deal about it. I think I think it's kind of overblown. I dare I say bacon is overhyped. I actually agree with you. Wow. Okay. People always people always assume that I love bacon for some reason because I'm just like big into barbecue and <laughs> right. you know, big guy, he's gotta love meat, he's gotta love bacon. And I'm like, no, I don't need it on my it's burgers. Really, I don't need no, it. It's it's not my favorite breakfast meat. No. But I do enjoy a really good bacon. It's just not it doesn't have to be all the time. I think the bigger problem with it all is that bacon is so easy one, there's a variance of what people like. Like Mary loves it super crispy, which I think is disgusting. Like and I and I, like she likes to like pick it up and like pieces are falling off because it's like so. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want it brittle, right? And I want and, and so that that alone causes the problem. Huge tangent off to the side here. I just think pro Kevin Bacon, lukewarm on actual bacon. Jelani, where do you fall on the breakfast meat? I enjoy bacon. I don't necessarily i I don't think it needs to be on everything. I kind of agree with that. Wow, but did not see this coming. It's it's good to have. I think it's it brings in the right variety. Now, I, depending on the type of bacon, de- determines how the level of crispiness. I do need a little bit of flexibility, but I do like my bacon crispy. But Kevin Bacon, we enjoy <laughs> pro Kevin yeah. Bacon. So sorry, well, yeah. sorry to derail the combo here a bit. Now, if we're gonna talk ham, ham is the superior <laughs> breakfast meat for sure, and the superior actor. Hmm. <laughs> Who's who's Ham? Oh, John oh, Ham! Come on, <laughs> love John Ham. Yeah, love the Ham. Yeah, I'm gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> love the Ham. Say, you know what? I'm in the exact same boat. I like John Ham. Don't really like Ham. <laughs> no, I, lo- I love. Give me turkey yeah, over Ham every time. Ooh, <laughs> no, no doubt. It's not even a turkey on sandwiches, but Ham for breakfast. I'll take a turkey and Swiss over Ham and Swiss every day. All right, let's uh, let's 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 keep the soundtracks uh, moving. I thought you were uh, transitioning. Unless you guys got any more for uh, everybody get foot loose. No, that was great. So I have a little bit of a confession to make. You picked a movie you'd never seen before. <laughs> no, I had seen this movie. I think I because oh, that would have played not. with Jul- I would have been so Jelani. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think I love the spirit. Of this soundtrack more than I actually love the soundtrack. I didn't even know why you picked them. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe. Can we can we say what it is? Can you yeah. tell, tell everybody what you picked? So I picked A Night at the Roxbury. Fuck, this is a hard watch. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody put this on their top soundtracks of all time ever. Which is I don't fine. Think. I, was looking. I don't need it to be on yeah. somebody's all-time list. I don't need Correct. that at all. I'm very I'm, – I'm much more of a fan of you picking a movie that's not on one of those lists. I just, yeah. man, this is a really, really tough rewatch. <laughs> I'd never seen it, so I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. But oh, it, it was, yeah, there was, it was not. Good. Oh man, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, but I think I, Jelani, I think I know what you're saying about the spirit because, like, it's a, it's like the Euro trash '90s sound, yeah, right? So like it's, that, it's this like this is the night, and yeah, it's like the club scene, like the club late '90s, early 2000s dance. Uh, scene and the the songs that were played there like and it's funny because like Hadaway 
what is love is probably one of it's not even close to one of my favorites like i don't have it on any playlist that i have impressed if you or amazed if you had said it was no it's weirder (laughs) yeah it's a little weirder for you to say it was on your (laughs) playlist. this movie and the whole idea should have eliminated it from all possibilities of being on yours and other people's lists so it when they when they had that like the big dance number with elisa donovan and Gigi rice rice yeah um like that song and like that spirit and the songs in those veins are what song was it show me love by robin s be my love yeah. by like blabouche rhythm of the night yeah uh another night by real mccoy like all of those songs i wanted to hear real mccoy that wasn't on here was it no i don't think it made it no I don't yeah think so that's either. that's what i'm saying i love real mccoy and i love another night and whatever their, all their other songs yes that that that's early 90s though that's that's what i want to say you said late 90s and 2000s real yeah. mccoy and even even the hadaway stuff like i feel like this movie was in 98 but the the music and the the sound that they were going for with all like 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 you're saying with this the spirit of it i, I to me is is like 90 91 92 when i was like 10 years old right like, <laughs> and like these... lo- loving all that b96 euro trash shit that was popular at the time yeah yeah it's it's like the songs that you would hear at a roller skating rink right totally yeah and you like I'm with those you. are the songs that you're like oh my gosh, this song's coming on. And you're like, yeah, you hear it on the radio like once or twice. Or, you know, if yeah. you're listening to B96 every like two hours. Uh, they needed more of them. Yeah. There was not yes. enough of those songs in, in the soundtrack. So I kept expecting more more of that. But yeah, they just kept playing the Hadaway song. I mean, I think they might have yeah. played it. I, I lost count, but it might have been six or seven times in the movie. I, I, I was gonna say it's got to be got to be the most time a song has been played in any movie because that's the that's the whole joke, you know. Like right. the first the first few minutes of the movie was was the SNL skit, and then I'm like, where are they gonna go from here? They kept trying to drag it out, and like you said, it's it's a tough watch because it's a you know four minute sketch on SNL that yeah. they dragged out into a ninety minute movie. Were they brothers in the in the SNL? Yeah, sure. They never even say did, did they? I, I think they were. I would have liked it better if they didn't make them American. If they made them like some kind of Euro trash, <laughs> Euro trash. <laughs> it would have been so much fun because that's what they're dressed like. And so I don't get right. the, the joke. Isn't as funny if you're if you're just Americans from uh, from LA or where you know wherever they're from. Like it's more funny if it. I, I think it's funnier if it's uh if, if they're if they're from europe but whatever i literally i didn't write it literally mary came down because i was like oh what are you watching and i like, told her and she's like oh really i was like yeah jelani picked it um <laughs> and she came down and i'd been watching for like i don't know 20 25 minutes so like almost half the film and she came in and just like started laughing at like the absurdity of all and i'm just like i was just sat there and looked at her and she got done i said i haven't laughed yet and you have walked in and just it just hit her in the right thing and i was like so annoyed i mean i know the skit i remember all this and i've seen the movie and emilio estimate like i remember i you know but it's just really really bad really bad yeah um yeah and I, I don't know i don't know what they were thinking i remember thinking about halfway through, I wonder if there are any movies that Will Ferrell is like, ooh, kind of wish I wouldn't have done that. Obviously, it doesn't really matter. He, he got to a point of success where it's like, you can you can have a bad one. And I don't, truthfully, I didn't even look this up. Maybe this performed, it, it had enough SNL buzz that it like actually didn't do bad. However, 
based off one of the tidbits I saw, I will guarantee that he Will Ferrell does not regret making this movie because because he made a lot of money or no, this is where he met his wife. She she's Porsche girl, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And that's he he went on to I said I mean that's that's so I was like well I would imagine I am wrong there if nothing else the movie might be separate but the idea of yeah he I mean he met his wife on this movie so and and it's it was very strange seeing Will Ferrell so so young yeah and for sure kind of like fit you know like he he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't fit-ish. yet fat yeah fit ish yeah. Um, because yeah this was in 98 and then he didn't do the next movie that really big one they popped up was in old school in 2003 and then he did anchorman which was just or or i think elf this was uh elf and anchorman were like roughly same time snl skit that people laughed at and i'm sure lauren was like i'll make i'll make an hour and 10 minute movie let's do it yeah let's let's i was never so happy to to watch such a short movie I was like, all right, almost. I can, I can, I can get there. And truthfully, I'm over dramatizing that. Like, there's some. It's pretty awful, but like, you know, there's parts in there, parts that are that enough to keep you watching, I guess. But I mean, it's got Richard Grieco in it, so Richard that was Grieco. nice. What a, nice what to a, see. Nice to see Grieco. What a pull. <laughs> he wasn't doing anything. No, <laughs> he needed to cut a check. <laughs> Richard Grieco, wow. That might have been Porsche Girl. It might have been him and her in the car. Uh, oh, did you know that this was this was Eva Mendez's first movie? Dude, that was definitely a surprise. To see her, I was like, damn, that had to be had to be first. And that, yeah, because she, she was... That, that's the part I laughed at, the wedding scene. Was the one of the only, when, he, when he just looks at her and goes, what's up? <laughs> I, I about lost it because that was the only time I think I laughed in the whole movie because it was just so, so absurd <laughs> that he's getting, you know, he's getting married and he's talking, up to the, talking to the bridesmaid. I mean, but it's Eva Mendes. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he's not making the wrong, the wrong call And then there. He, went on to li- he went on to marry her. She's his wife and uh, the other, other guys. guys. Yeah. An early Jennifer Coolidge before she became yeah I did milf number one. I did not even recognize her as the cop. I re- it was yeah. it was the end when she when they were at the club. That's when I recognized. Yeah, I did, but only because we talked about it recently when we're, when Jelani said that she was in that Seinfeld episode. And we looked her up, and I've seen her. Oh, I've seen her young yeah. or from this era, you know, before. So I was like, oh yeah, that's Jennifer Coolidge. So what? Where did she get her voice? Is that like an affectation, or is that I think how it, she sounds? I think it might be. Yeah. Because at, at first I thought, I'm like, oh, that's how she sounds. But she didn't sound that way at all in, right. the, in this or in the Seinfeld. Which should so. tell you that it, it almost has to be an affective. Now, maybe it's just yeah, one she's, she's just... embraced for yeah. unbeknownst. I can't explain it. And I don't encourage it. But... <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't see any other way around it. I mean, like you said, you see her in right. early stuff. And like I said, I did not even recognize her until the end. And then I'm like, oh, my God, that's definitely Jennifer Coolidge. But That's Stifler's mom. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, Michael Clark Duncan in in the role that he always probably got typecast into yeah. as, as the bouncer, just a fucking monster of a man. Yeah, <laughs> don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> so I would give give Will Ferrell some credit for calling back his co stars later on. I'm like, hey, remember that movie we did? That was terrible. How about we do a better one? Yeah, um, bringing Michael Clark Duncan into 
Talladega Nights. Oh, and, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. But what happened? What happened with Chris Kattan? Where's he? Where's he been? I can't imagine why well, he's nowhere. <laughs> I think he did that uh, Corky Romano movie, and everybody was like, "Now nah, we're done." Yeah, that was really that was <laughs> ju- just about as bad as this. Oh man, yeah. I don't think I. Saw I don't know why. I don't know why I saw it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the two the two alumni from the Usual Suspects, Chaz Palminteri and Dan Hedaya, just seeing them in this was just like Dan Hedaya. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I forgot that Dan Hedaya was in it. Yeah, he's in so the, the Usual dad. Suspects. Yeah, he's in Usual Suspects. That's what I'm trying to think of in Usual Suspects. Isn't he? He's one of Chaz's. You're right. I mean, like, yeah, he's a cop. I think he's yeah, Giancarlo Esposito's partner or boss. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, it was it was weird seeing Chaz in this in this role. I just and that that same joke that that didn't wasn't funny the oh, first the time. Oh, the butt. No. Oh, you, yeah. You touched my butt. <laughs> yeah. You touched my ass. It's like they they just. just <laughs> Put these, plow these <laughs> jokes into the ground, and, yes, and they they keep thinking it's going to be funnier if you say it like four times. But nope, it's it doesn't get funny. Was that a victim of the moment? Was that just like a thing that was happening at the time where it was like, it may, it worked. You think it worked once, and then it's like you just do it. You just keep doing. It. Come back to it. Come back to it. Maybe play the song again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Play the Hathaway song. I feel like all those SNL movies of the late 90s were just kind of like, all right, we got one trick. Let's just ride it out and see if it works. Hathaway's like, like, you guys want to play it again? I'm in. Play it again. Go ahead. (laughs) I mean, Molly Shannon was in this, and she's known for that superstar thing, and they made a movie out of that, too. I never saw that one, but I think it was like the next next year. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think Will Ferrell was in it, too. Probably. That's a little. Well, that's, wasn't, that's the ethanol thing, though. I mean, if they're all helping, yeah. they're almost like helping yeah. each other out, right? Yeah, which I'm sure is what she was doing here. It's like, hey, we got a little role. We'll throw you in. You get a you get a movie credit, obviously, you know, and it all it all plays. Yeah, but yeah, I was a little surprised, Jelani, but you know, we did, you know, fought through it. I was like, I was like, oh, this is what I think of Jelani's soundtrack, bumping uh, the the Night of the Roxbury soundtrack. More of the spirit of the soundtrack than the actual soundtrack, so. You'll, you'll get them next year. <laughs> <laughs> a third time's the charm, right? <laughs> so, uh, Brady, why don't you bring us to uh, the most recent the modern movie. times. And to the best movie, oh, the best movie that we saw. I, okay, sure. so I would 100% agree. Obviously, I picked it, so not to be too biased, but I, I think it wasn't even close. Um, yeah, so I went with Scott Pilgrim versus The World, um, a 2010 flick, and also... Uh, I think the introduction for me to uh, Edgar Wright, who we uh, have, oh, have yeah. definitely talked about on the pod, uh, but I think yes. yeah, you've you've brought him up for with Shaun of the Dead as one of your horror picks for genre June, and uh, and we definitely did Baby Driver, which uh, we all loved, I believe. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I definitely love. Not going to yeah. pretend yeah. that I've loved like every single thing he's ever done, but I am right. uh, I'm a fan, and yeah. And he is, if nothing else, I think we've we've learned that he loves music and movies, and we've talked about this again yeah. in the past. And this, this, and just mo- and just very good. This is like a really good. This movie's a really good like highlight. Highlights what he does best, like just the awesome transitions, awesome use of music, uh, just like really every. Every single transition or every everything that he that he that he does in this movie, every 
decision is very well thought out and very deliberate. Like, I, and I, just, I think it's a very fun movie to watch. Like, you always notice something new. I think every time you watch it, this is probably like my third third viewing or so, and 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 yeah, I just enjoyed it even more. And there's like, there's always more people. I feel like oh that my become God. famous. <laughs> that was that was, I think, the takeaway. Rewatching it again, I, I think I, I'm with you. I think I've seen it two or three times, and so, but it's been a long long uh stretch i was yeah it's just like oh yeah i think going in i could have named five or six of the of the actors or actresses that i knew for sure that were in it who have at the time were very much on the come up and now have gotten to a lot higher level some more than others obviously but coming through like oh my god there's more (laughs) it's almost every (laughs) single person in the movie Right, like yeah. I think I knew Kieran Culkin and Mae Whitman might have been the one. I'm like, oh look, it's it's Mae Whitman. It's uh, it's what's her name from uh from with the rest of development with, oh, well, well no with Michael with Michael Sarah she yeah. was uh she was Anne, Anne. his girlfriend, right. oh, okay. <laughs> George Michael's girlfriend, which I you know I thought was funny that they put her in, uh, in this movie, but like those two would have been like the big names for me, and obviously Schwartzman, um. But I don't think I would have known the first time I saw it. Chris Evans and Anna Kedrick and Anna Pill, uh, Allison Pill and Aubrey Plaza and just all the all these people now that you're like, oh my god, look at those Brie Larson. huge names. Brie, yeah, Brie Larson, I mean, yeah, for it's sure. It's just it's really yeah. impressive. Obviously, Chris Evans, well, and Brie obviously both hit the hit the Marvel verse, the MCU, yeah. and and got to a level. It's funny because I went and saw uh, a movie at the theater the other day, and I saw a preview for the Marvels, and I'm like, Brie Larson. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing her in the room. <laughs> and, you know, she was, like, this really, really amazing actress who was doing these, like, you know, not indie, but, like, mid-level movies. And then it was like, ah, you're just a... Yeah, short-term 12. Short-term 12, for sure. Um, but, yeah. oh, you're just a superstar now. <laughs> yeah. And so... Yeah, right. Just... By the way, she was in Room, not The Room. Oh, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> I retire. The Room is that terrible movie I made you guys I officially watch. retire yes. from the pod. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to make sure so nobody nobody calls us out later you on charlie's be, not like dude the. brady was wrong <laughs> i get hey look petrus i get it i said the <laughs> my bad watch your articles <laughs> don't forget brandon routh made it into the dceu brandon yeah look, I, brandon routh you got sarah obviously sarah is the the focal point of the of the movie um colkin you said but Dude, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who for sure I remembered, and I think, did it spawn or just encapsulate the infatuation with, like, emo, you know, indie girls for for guys? Because she's, like, the perfect manic pixie dream girl. It's just really. (laughs) There it is, Martin. (laughs) Really encapsulates it, for sure. Oh, Ramona. Yeah. Um, You know who else does? Is uh, in the bear, uh, Claire. Claire is definitely the manic pixie dream girl. Where do you know her from? A more recent example. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really recognize her. Wasn't she the the friend in Booksmart? <laughs> um, That's right. But I That's definitely right. had forgotten Anna Kendrick was in this movie. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I remember that. Jelani would never forget. Can't forget that. Uh, uh, like you said, Alison Pill, Plaza, Schwartzman. Um, I don't really know Johnny Simmons or Mark Weber, who, by the way, Stephen no. Stills is such an amazing character name. I don't know. 
Because <laughs> it's a real person. Yeah, I just don't know if I ever never Crosby stills and Nash. I either yeah. never caught that or else I just it just glossed past me. But when I I, I laughed audibly when I uh, when that happened when you heard it this yeah. time. So and then it's young Neil, which is Neil Young. I don't. I wonder if that's a, a deliberate as well. Oh, interesting. I didn't not. necessarily put that together, but. He needs he needs but there's he, no, he needs some shaggy sideburns that I would have bought in. Yeah. <laughs> there's also no Crosby though. Right. Yet. No Crosby. <laughs> Yet. It could have been Kim Crosby that would have worked <laughs> and then it would have been the three of them. Um but so, I, I thought Kieran Culkin was just I, I love Kieran Culkin and and obviously even more so now after watching Succession. Um but he was he was great in this. I feel like I thought, I thought watching funny. this kind of retroactively post succession i'm just like mm-hmm. oh does he do anything different <laughs> <laughs> right right like that's always just playing the same guy yeah. and then if you go back and watch igby goes down well, he's definitely we, definitely in that vein it's actually a travesty that you and neither you or i have gotten igby goes down into the pod yet so that's yeah, actually have to, we'll have that's actually on us that's our fault and we will rectify it but and I haven't seen it in quite some time. So I, I do wonder, is it possible that Kieran is just Kieran and it is what it is? You get what you get. And that's fine. I'm not not, you know, that's okay. But, I mean, when I was watching this, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's just that's him. Like, sure enough, it's, <laughs> that was this is 20, or 13 years ago, and uh, he's still going strong with the exact same It's the same note. Um, but yeah, he was definitely not disappointing in uh, in the role he was playing. But I w- I really liked but, everybody. Yeah, but what'd you guys think of the actual music, like the so actual soundtrack? I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna circle to that. So I so kind of the big reason I so I love Metric. I've been a big I was yeah. a big Metric fan. Um, I can't say it's not straight because of this. I think I knew some of them. Bef- I knew some of their stuff before this uh, movie, but that definitely helped me appreciate this uh as much if not more than maybe some other people i've just i've always felt like they were super underappreciated um so that was kind Mm -hmm. of the driving force behind me oh this movie popping into my head when it was coming to uh, thinking of a soundtrack movie um but one thing i didn't know is beck was like a huge uh factor in um he wrote a bunch of songs for the soundtrack and he was kind of uh the creative mind behind uh sex bob <laughs> <laughs> um he wrote that ramona song i think right he's on a soundtrack uh, yeah um, singing singing that yeah we are sex bob and we are here to make you think about <laughs> death and get sad and stuff <laughs> i love the i love the name i think that's a perfect <laughs> perfect band name and i just love the way they they sound very of that era of the 2010s like there was uh, well, maybe even earlier, right? Like, uh, there was all the the bands, like the Vines and the Hives. They all had this like garage, garage band sound. Um, the White Stripes as well. You know, there's just a very dirty guitar, three piece, very simple guitars. Even even that kind of like Meg White or Kim on the Kim on the guitar. Uh, I'm sorry, on the drums. And drums. Um, and and just that that dirty bass sound too. So yeah, I, I think the all the all the songs. Although maybe they're not great, but they they fit in perfectly, and the way they they just make uh, that Edgar Wright just makes it pop off, and yeah. it sounds like 
they're super loud and they're in your face and they're moving. Uh, everything's just moving off of the bass and, and the guitar. I think it just looks really cool. Jelani, or uh, Martin, uh, and not not that you might you may not Jelani, but Martin, I know you'll know them. But uh, so you know, Broken Social Scene, correct? Yeah, love yeah. them. So they wrote the two four-second songs, We Hate You, Please Die, and I'm So Sad, So Very, Very Sad, for uh, the Crash and the Boys band. That was Broken Social Scene wrote those songs. <laughs> and they're one of their best songs. That's, that's funny. I, that's, I thought you would appreciate that little, uh, that little nugget. Uh, they, they do play uh, a little bit of anthems for a 17-year-old girl, which is one of their, yeah. one of their, one of their best songs. And, yeah, that's, that's when I, I've seen Broken Social Scene and Metric together. At like a pitchfork music Both festival Canadian in like bands. 2000 right in like 2008 or something like that i saw so, metric um, at uh, lala and i saw them at the vic in uh with friend of the pod iman and man i just yeah i i, I love i kind of love metric i'm i'm very i'm a lot higher on metric than a lot of people yeah i did i, did, I had no idea brady I know. dig it because you're not a big bro- broken social scene guy right um i don't mind some of their stuff i you know i i definitely have had my moments where uh those they're they're kind of in the in the playlist in the cir- they're in circulation i just saw them last year they just did like a twice 20 last year. year of one of their big albums yeah <laughs> twice last year <laughs> with uh with petrus actually of course of course yeah that would be right up right up his yeah that's that's right up his broken social scene <laughs> speaking of dr no uh <laughs> Did you go to Lollapalooza with him? Oh, Johnny. Me, Martin. Hurt. Yeah. He's on the I'm, injury I'm, list, I'm on right? the uh I'm on the IR. I can't believe yeah. you aired out his dirty laundry. <laughs> uh. I I had tickets. I was supposed to go. That's Got what makes it. it even worse. I forgot. We were supposed to go see the 1975 and Kosh was in town, everything. Oh man. Oh. Said my bro- my brother went instead of me. No, he was going to go anyway. I but. was like, "Wow, was he on the outside <laughs> looking in prior or Poor poor <laughs> Poor fill and poor substitute. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like the first year I missed Lala, I think, since its inception. So Martin's playing injured. He's uh he's on the IR yeah. right now, but he's uh he'll be back. I'll be back next year. Back to full yeah, speed. All good. All good. I just yeah. thought of Lala and my back started hurting. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so I'm uh I'm such a big fan of this movie. I like the idea like one, it's I totally could see how some people might be like, This movie's so weird, I'm out. I personally <laughs> did the exact opposite because of it. I think it's really weird and I really dig it. Um yeah. the video game vibe, like you get like Zelda music, you get the whole like Street Fighter, yeah, you get, you get all Street of Fighter, it. you get them like yeah. doing the I'll mess this up, but you you're doing the like the tandem fighting game at the arcade. Obviously, that comes around yep. and beating the bosses, and it's just it's such a it's such a unique, different way to go about. Uh, I saw something where uh, Edgar Wright said something <clears throat> to the effect of it was you know kind of like a musical almost, but instead of them breaking into like song and dance, they broke into fights. As we've talked about before, fights are just the new way of having a song and dance. Yeah, fighting, fighting is just dancing. Fighting is just, just dancing. Choreo- I thought of Martin choreography. during some of the uh, the. <laughs> I did the too. Fighting, and I was like, "Oh, well, Martin's here. It's Martin, raining on." The- I mean, Sarah looked. This is probably peak Sarah too, right, Mike Michael Sarah? Yes, I, I I'd argue yeah. how I, how would it I not feel, be? 
Yeah, how, how, it's how almost, could it not be? But I feel like, it, I feel like he looked pretty cool in some of the scenes. Like he looked actually no other person for this role though, right? Like I mean, right? They and on top of that, they said he had to actually dumb down his bass playing because he's such a good bass player. Because the, oh, the people, really? other people in the band were like had to learn how to play, and he had to like dumb down so he didn't look like he was amazing. Yeah, he looked he looked legit when he always did them when they he, were doing the bass battle. He um, apparently plays the bass quite well. Yeah, um, which again, he, even more he just so, looks like a bass like a bassist. <laughs> yeah, he totally does. Oh, I mean, they're always like the lanky, goofy, goofy looking kid. You always stick him on bass. I was loving uh, his his array of t shirts. <laughs> yeah, the t shirts were on I point. I owned one of them, the Smashing Pumpkins, not the same color scheme, but I had the same. Heart SP Smashing Pumpkins uh, mm-hmm. shirt from when I saw them on tour, and then yeah, he had a couple Smashing Pumpkins shirts, yes. right? The zero, zero one for is, sure, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so big fan, huge fan. I love it. I was really happy to rewatch, and it did not disappoint for me. Yeah, I always every time I, I watch it, I feel like I'm gonna figure out exactly what the point of fight like battling the evil exes is and and then i you know at this time i remember like okay gideon uh jason schwartzman's character created that created that that league or whatever he calls them the the, the g-man the league of evil evil exes but it's it's kind of a weird concept but yeah i don't i don't it doesn't turn me off like i just i just feel like you you don't have to think about it too hard i particularly (laughs) loved the uh that he kept saying uh, that I have to defeat all your ex-boyfriends, and she kept saying exes, evil yeah. exes. She kept, exes, she kept yeah. correcting him, um, knowing obviously full well that the, uh, there were there was uh, they're not all they boys. Were not all, that uh, that May Whitman was waiting there. Yeah. <laughs> is it is the is the seven evil exes? Is that an akin to like the Hercules trials, like the seven trials? That that's what I was kind of kind of getting at. I. Uh... I I I, w- I want to know if there's something else that I'm missing, some kind of illusion or something like that that I'm missing to. But yeah, that might that might be right. Yeah, like Jelani. having to go through those trials to achieve you know your end goal, and you know obviously they're all going to be different different challenges and use different strengths that you have. But um, I always felt like that it's like a like a Greek tragedy or not a yeah. necessarily a tragedy, but like a, a Greek um, mythology, and they just yeah. kind of updated it and put it into you know the time of hey we're gonna you know have bands and we're gonna have video game effects and we're gonna make it a little bit you know more relatable than you know fighting a three-headed monster or something like that i was just gonna say it's and it's it's just such a unique idea you could watch a movie like this like you just wish that there were more movies like this made that are just completely unique completely different like nothing you've ever seen yeah it might be a little bit weird but it's way better than just I don't know, cookie cutter extraction number four. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> give me a give me a Pee Wee's Big Adventure and a Scott Pilgrim versus the World any day. Uh, that's actually one thing I had is I should it be Scott Pilgrim versus the World or should it have been Scott Pilgrim versus like the Evil X the Seven or the Seven or something? Yeah. So so there's like there's a series of book uh, graphic novels right books or comic books that this is based off of and mm. the second one is Scott Pilgrim versus the world um then there's another one it's Scott Pilgrim versus the universe but yeah i think it i think it probably could have been better if it was Scott yeah, Pilgrim versus that's kind of what i was feeling versus the seven or something you know um so it says the original concept for Scott Pilgrim is based around two premises 
The first was the idea of what if, after a life of playing fighting games, someone confronted you and you actually had the ability to fight like a Street Fighter character. The second concept came about when Brian Lee O'Malley, who was one of the writers, was dating his yep. future wife, Hope Larson. When he learned that she had dated three different guys named Matthew, he came up with the idea of a League of Matthews. The idea developed <laughs> into like the, the League of Evil Exes. <laughs> And Matthew Patel is the All only right. evil. I was going to say Patel. Matthew. <laughs> so, in some way, here reform and four. I don't. I don't think Hercules is involved, but I don't want to rule it out. Yeah, well, that's where you got the number seven. Seven's better than three. <laughs> right. So, I got a great name. Think seven. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mantle. It's Mickey Mantle's number. Of Seinfeld. They got the Seinfeld music for this movie. They did. Yeah. yeah. A little sitcom. And he walks vibe. in. <laughs> It's just it's this little stuff like that that's perfect. It was great, man. It was great. I hope you I hope everyone enjoyed enjoyed the rewatch more than Night of the Roxbury. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they did. So I don't really I don't really love Allison Pill oh, God, in anything, but she's perfect perfect in this. Right? Thought the exact same thing. Like this is this is the character she should be playing, yet they always try to make her I don't know. I'm anti pill, but I'll tell you what, I thought she was uh <laughs> thought she was great. <laughs> That's just great in this, yeah. I think it's I think it's from the newsroom. I just didn't didn't yeah, love the character in no, the newsroom. Uh, that did nothing to help it. Honestly, it was like, oh, I yeah. think I love this song, this show. Oh, why did you guys do this? <laughs> <laughs> Newsroom's been flooding my TikTok lately. I don't hate it. Yeah, it's getting a resurgence. Some like some other shows out there. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I didn't. Suits. I didn't read it, Jelani, but Al, in the newsroom, Alan Sepinwall had a he wrote a piece about trying to understand the resurgence or the uh, the love affair with suits. So I don't know if you if you have a subscription, you may be able to dive in. I don't, but <laughs> I don't either. I I lived it. I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> you, I mean, you really were, because yeah, it's a Meghan Meghan Markle thing. That and, alone uh, makes me know and, that it's it's limited. But I think that's probably why they're pushing it now. Because, yeah, but even because this is they, so they assume. Way late for that. Kind of, yeah. It's just it's time. I think people just <laughs> it's it's what it's the, what surprises me about the resurgence. It's was it like seven seasons? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's not a small like venture. Oh wow. You're not like hitting it and moving on. It's like a full on commitment to, to dive in. Or at least I think for maybe people aren't, but I mean that's are they episodic? Like, can you just watch one, or do you have to like follow the story? No, there's a good arc? there's a good progression to it. Uh, well, let's leave good out of that. Someday, <laughs> someday I'll, I'll dive it. in. <laughs> Martin, there, I, I I'm gonna make a list of shows if you watch the suits before them. That like I just don't know if we can even be around each other. Anymore. If I watch suits before I watch the, finish the Americans, the Americans is pretty high on that list. I'll tell you that right. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Pretty high. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> As always, bye and stuff. We would totally be in lesbians with you if you would subscribe, like, and follow wherever you listen. Thanks, and go to bed. <laughs>